Hello. 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 Welcome to Sustainable. Thank you. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yes, welcome, people. <laughs> welcome, listener, to Sustainable, our new exactly. podcast, uh, looking at the environment and politics and all the stuff going on in the world and trying to make sense of it and probably failing. But it's okay to fail because it's complicated. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard and difficult. Um, I'm Dave. And I'm Ollie. And we do both, you know, cards on the table, we do both work for environmental charities, but we, uh, this is very much our own views. This is a, a podcast that we're sending out into the world as our own baby. So don't assume these anything herein represents the views of anyone other than a pair of idiots, i.e. us. Exactly. And we should say where these idiots actually are at the moment. I'm in, I'm in London. I'm holed up in my bedroom trying to make the, um, the sound quality not too disastrous by surrounding myself with pants and socks. Yep. What about um, you, Dave? I'm in the People's Republic of North Somerset, which is in the UK, about 100 miles away from you. But through the wonders of technology, I'm able to uh, not only see your face, but also sit in my spare room and podcast with you, which is nice, isn't it? Oh, it's bloody lovely, Dave. Right, it's, let's crack on. Yep. Sustainable of the week. Right, what's this then? Well, there is a lot of rubbish out there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in general there is, but particularly in the world of the environment and politics and mm. talking about it. Mm. And we thought it would be good each week to try and highlight some of the kind of drivel, you know, the really, really meaningless guff that's out there. Go on then. Um, I haven't seen this, so this is uh, this can be new to me. So talk me through what you found. Well, I'm pretty sure that you and all of our listeners um, will have been keenly awaiting the government's response to the Environment, Food and Rural Affairs Committee's Waste Management in England report. Mm, mm, Hot bloody topic, that. Can I have a few buzzwords that you think might be in their response? Yeah. uh, Circular. No, it's not there. Oh, Oh, it is. It is. It is there. (laughs) Yes, well done. One point. All right. Next. Um, Bins. Oh, no, sorry. Much less specific than that. Dave, that's a concrete object. That's talking about a thing. The whole point of these responses is to to avoid talking about anything. Oh, right. Efficiency. Yeah, that's there. Yeah. Uh, Cost effective. Uh, No, no. Uh, okay, because this is not normally the sort of stuff you get, isn't it? You normally get great big fluorescent uh, p- paragraphs about how everything must be cost-effective and efficient and not actually saying what, you know, what you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what they said. Encouraging a more sustainable and efficient approach to resource use and management has a major role to play. What does that mean? Absolutely no idea. But I right. think it's saying, you know... Generally being supportive about doing stuff which isn't environmentally awful is probably a good thing. I think that's right. what it's saying. Okay. Um, you know, well, it, I, I agree with that. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And then it yeah. goes on to say, um, but only, only within the government's priority to, I quote, boost growth in the economy while uh, continuing to protect and improve the environment. I don't think those two things have quite equal standing. So that's saying uh, we like protecting the environment and using resources sensibly, but we like growth more. That's what that's <laughs> exactly. saying, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, okay, as long as we're clear where we stand. But they yeah. finish with this absolute punching, you know, straight between the eyes statement. Um, it is, the government believes, I quote, it is important to move towards a more circular economy. I saw my mum this week, as you know, and oh, yeah. I had a, uh, a long discussion with her about whether something could be more or less unique. And she maintained <laughs> that, that uniqueness is a, is a perfect state and you're either unique or you're not. And I said, that's not true, is it? Because a, a, a human is unique, but a human with green hair is, is, is even more unique than that. And this is that, you can't have a more circular something, can you? Either something's circular or isn't. This is the sort of thing that happens all the time, this sort of nonsense from the government, where you get... You, someone who didn't know much about it, I think, would look at it and they'd go, well, the government seems to think that recycling is important. And then you'd actually read it again and you'd realise, no, they don't. They think no. that growth is important and what they're doing is flim-flamming and shilly-shallying around the edge of it and hoping that all of the people with the pointy fingers go away. And it's, it's silly, Ollie. It is silly and it happens all the time and it's frustrating and it yes. does my nut. yes. So I think that's a very good first sustainable of the week. Well done. Thanks very much. Right, so you know swimming pools, yeah? Yeah. Full of crocodiles, right? Full of crocodiles? Well, enough... I don't know any swimming pools full of crocodiles. Well, come and think. Think uh, about it, you do. All right, OK, Well, fine, just, yeah, just for the sake yeah. of this argument, you do, yeah. right? There's, right, there's, yeah, there's yeah. swimming pools with crocodiles in them. OK. And there's swimming pools without crocodiles in them. I know which I prefer. That's what I want to talk about this week, Dave. It's swimming pools and crocodiles. Because okay. it's, you know, it's, it's a nice little analogy for risk. If you're in a swimming pool that doesn't have any crocodiles in it, right? Yeah. How likely do you think it is that you're going to be eaten by a crocodile? Low probability. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're right on that. Yeah. And then how about if you're in a swimming pool, quite a small swimming pool, with a yeah. couple... Well, let's start with one. One crocodile, but he's hungry. There's me in a swimming pool yeah. with a hungry crocodile. Yeah. What's the chance I'm going to get eaten by a crocodile? Yeah. It's higher than it was before, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I'm going to say fairly high. Fairly high. Fairly high, fairly high, yeah. yeah. And what about if also in the swimming pool with a very hungry crocodile in it um, is a sort of piranha that uh, eats either you or crocodile poo? <laughs> Well, how hungry is it? That's the crucial bit of information. The extremely hungry piranha, right? And the more crocodiles there are in the pool, uh, the more it might uh, not want to eat you. No, that doesn't make any sense, does it? It's very difficult, this swimming pool analogy and crocodiles. All right. Well, shall we tr- We could move from analogy to the actual yes, thing. Yes, what actually are you talking about? All right. I'm trying to talk about planetary boundaries. Right. Um, and that's a thing which has come uh, to, the, to the forefront of the news this week because some really clever people have done some really, really impressive um, research into the extent to which we might be kind of pushing the Earth and its systems, its natural systems, to its limits. Or we may have even gone beyond those limits. Are there limits? Well, that's essentially what they've tried to to establish, that, you know, while adding, for instance, adding some CO2 to the atmosphere um, in a a man-made process might not be that problematic there comes a point where you've added so much that it fundamentally changes things and it changes things potentially irreversibly and very abruptly. Hmm. And they've said that there are these sorts of limits on a number of different different factors. So they're saying there's a limit to how much phosphorus the oceans can take, um, which is usually, you know, sort of runoff from fertiliser in 
yeah. agricultural processes. So just like, so for example, like after a while, there'll be so much muck in the ocean that the fish will all die, and then we won't have any fish, and then we'll all starve. It's the basic yeah, idea. Yeah, that's pretty like, much. You create massive, like, great big dead the, zones. Yeah, or that we'll have so little, there'll be so, all the animals in the world will all basically be the same, and then some virus will come along and it'll all get wiped out, and then we'll start. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. That's basic idea, yeah. right? So we need to, we need to, there's some sort of basic things about the way the, the earth works that require us not to mess about with it too much, or else the whole game's over. That's pretty much what they're saying. And, uh, and the really slightly tricky to handle news is that, it's not going so well. They've they've identified nine areas where they think these 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 limits are, are meaningful. Um, they haven't got the data for three of them. Mm. Uh, of the remaining uh, six, four are looking really bad. We've gone into the what they call the sort of the risk zone, the mm. high risk that that something bad is going to happen or has possibly already happened. And that's where my bloody crocodiles come in, isn't it? You know, we've moved into that swimming pool um, and we're swimming around. Going right. la 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 no 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 you can't eat me I'm yeah. um, I'm a, I'm a bigger crocodile that's I'm, all I am yeah. I'm the most intelligent species in this pool you can't eat me that's basically <laughs> what we're doing exactly. so if I understand the analogy I'm not a scientist as you know and I spent a very long period of time uh, this morning trying to understand exactly what this is all about and I'm not going to pretend I'm a scientist but as I understand it it's like the human body where we're a system and at some point we'll die and we'll die in the end anyway but if you have really high blood pressure for a day that's probably all right if you have really high blood pressure for a year that's less all right and after a while it will start affecting the way other things work and suddenly before you know where you are you might have a heart attack and be and be dead and that's your basic concept and you do you know the same for cholesterol or for you know so anything else that might go wrong with you with your body that's the idea right it's a system yeah, the earth is yeah. a system it's not some some sponge that we can just kick around and, and it can give us infinite economic growth and everything will be happy at some point it'll break and we are increasing the chances that we're going to break it in some fairly major and really silly way yeah and what these scientists said was there's a reason that we're heading towards these limits and it's because our our global economy is set up to just consume stuff to to hmm to try and generate growth from consuming more and more of the natural resources we have um, and, and never stopping. It's voracious. It's a really, really hungry crocodile in a decreasingly small swimming pool. Yeah. We're actively... We're in the swimming pool with crocodile food and we're basically throwing more food at the crocodile and also kicking it in the face and making <laughs> it really, really cross and then, you know, and then hoping it... it doesn't eat us basically because we are the more intelligent species and pinning our hopes that at some point in the future we'll be rich and wealthy enough to invent an absolutely crocodile proof swimming costume (laughs) that's what we should do oh god we're in totally the wrong game let's invent a crocodile proof swimming costume that'd be great we'll be rich (laughs) all right try all right all right remember remember no swearing Right, so we're moving on to a feature now that is about the nasty people out there. Um, the people who've really, in a, in, in a week, in this week, the people who have really, really got on our wick. Yeah, rotten. Yeah. Absolute beastly, beastly so-and-sos. Swines. Dastardly, Cats, dastardly curmudgeons. Yes. What does curmudgeon mean? Uh, it's not what you think it means in this context. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, this week's um, this week's rotter, rotter of the week, mm. is um, a chap called Andrew Lillico. Oh, God, even his name is stupid. And I have to confess, I hadn't really come across him until this week. Oh, I had. 
Edgy. Oh, he, mm. sounds, he sounds like you've, you've had far too much to do with him. Well, he's written an article, right, on a blog, quite a prominent blog, mm. um, which is called On the Ethics of Adapting to Climate Change. Right. And <laughs> it's not so much on the ethics of adapting to climate change as saying, don't bother adapting, don't bother doing anything about climate change and certainly don't bother with all that money um, adapting to climate change. I'm already quite angry. Mm. I can feel the sort of shakes mm. in my hands. But I've got some quotes for yeah, you. Yeah, what's he say? What does he say? Come on. Come on. <laughs> okay. He's an economist, right? And, you know, economists are all very sensible, level-headed people. So what does he say? Here's his first quote. The yep. ground is made by us. Right. Well, now, that's tr- is that true? No, that's not true at all, is it? <laughs> it's not, it's not I mean, he's, he's saying that basically the surface of the Earth is now how we've made it. Now, I think there'd be a few earthworms out there, and I know they're listening, who would take a few issues with that, because yeah. they do quite a lot of work on the whole soil thing, and, yeah. you know, trillions and trillions of bacteria also put in a shift. Yeah, so it's definitely the case that we humans are messing about with the Earth a great deal, as we've been discussing earlier on but it's we didn't make the earth in the first place it's not here for us it's not somehow ah well Lilico disagrees dave and I'll, and I'll, yeah oh yeah and he, he rams this point point home he says but the point remains that the earth at least on the land is a human created environment molded for our convenience as it's only right and proper right ah! oh I and mean, he doesn't talk about like god and stuff does he Oh, he does. Uh, oh, he does. And, uh, he, and, right. he, and he, you know he means it because he used capital letters. Right. The, he says, The model attitude humans have adopted to the environment since ancient times was that of the steward of the Garden of Eden. Right. Mm. Mm. I'm not quite sure where the current theory is on this, but I think the current theory is the Earth was not created 3,000 years ago in a blaze of light by an omnipotent being sat on a cloud, right? Earth was around for a little bit before humans turned up. Right? It's just a theory. It's just a theory. Yeah, okay. So, Mm. all right, so we've established so far that he thinks that uh, the Earth is ours and uh, everything that's done on it is for us and that's great. So, therefore, therefore what? What does he say next? Well, they were saying, um, you know, he's he's obviously a reasonable person, so I think he accepts that the Earth is is getting warmer. Um, So he says, if the Earth heats up by four degrees, then many species that flourish at today's temperatures and weather patterns will cease to be best suited and will die out. Right. I think we can agree with that. We can agree with that. You know, that yeah. And it's probably not a great thing. But he says no, I don't out. think it is a great thing. I think it's a very, very, very bad thing. And he says they'll die out to be replaced by current species that are better suited or new species that will evolve. Oh, so it's all right if all the polar bears die because it means we'll get a new sort of scorpion in the desert in Africa. <laughs> Is yeah, that exactly. exactly the basic idea, and that what and and doesn't he say something stupid about there isn't actually if if all of the uh, beautiful rhinos die out and they're replaced by larvae, then there's not actually any difference between those two things. So shut up moaning about it. And it's this whole evolution thing. He seems to think that a new species will go, you know, from nothing. Mm. A couple of cells of bacteria will go. Do you know what? It's Norway's got a lot warmer recently. Let's. Let's evolve really quickly into, like, a bloody pterodactyl or something. He seems to think it can happen in half an hour. It's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, this is the thing that people don't seem to understand, that some people maybe deliberately don't understand. Like, evolution does happen, and it is, you know, it's a process, and over a long enough time period, everyone can adapt to everything, right? But what we're doing, as we have been talking about earlier, is on a sort of properly unprecedented scale, 
massively changing the conditions for life on the planet, or at least increasing the risk of, of doing so. And why would you sit back and go, that'll be all right? What's his argument? <laughs> he says we're all going to be richer or something, doesn't he? I think his argument is that if I write things as outrageous as this, you know, people will click on the article and advertisers will get their money. It's all about money. It's all about no one's going to tell me what to do. It's the Enlightenment project gone mad. It's this idea that humans have always adapted. Humans haven't always adapted. Humans have gone, uh, have made themselves extinct in several parts of the world many times. Done very, very well yeah. at that. Um, and the the basic point is, it's like insurance. Like just because you, just because if your house burns down, Ollie, you're and you're not in it, you'll be all right. You know, your, your your life will be messed up for a bit and you'll rely greatly on your uh, friends and family and you'll rebuild your life. But you don't really want that to happen. It's not a thing that you go, well, uh, I can't, you know, I, I can't be bothered to stop lighting cigarettes and putting them in the bin in my house because, you know, I can't be bothered to do that. I, you know, I'm just going to sit back and clean up the mess when it happens. It's just insane. You wouldn't do that with anything else in your life, economist or not. Why people yeah. think it's all right to do it with the only planet that we've got the only place we can live, where if we mess it up... It's not like if we... If, if Mr Lillico is wrong, everything is... Everything is buggered, right? It's not like we can take it back. If he's wrong, and that it is possible to hugely destabilise everything, uh, well, we've messed it up, haven't we? Game over. And people aren't going to look back at him and say, he was right, that Mr Lillico, lovely bloke. They'll say, what an ass." So we want to talk about good stuff in this podcast as well, don't we, Dave? You do. Do <laughs> I'm really right, well, like, it. <laughs> I, This I, bit I was do. your idea. <laughs> well, there are there are some things happening which aren't awful. In fact, I'd go so far as to say they're quite good. And one of the things this week was that um, overall, throughout the globe, investment in clean energy mm-hmm. has gone up by a lot, by 16%. So you mean uh, like renewable energy and stuff like that? Exactly. Yeah. I mean solar power, I mean wind power, wave power, tidal power. Right. Got 16% All the stuff in a year. Exactly, yeah. In 2014, the amount of money being poured into this stuff across the globe went up by 16%. And, you know, given that a lot of the countries of the world are in a not brilliant financial situation, mm. that's not insignificant. Mm. And the really good news is that for every dollar or pound you invest in solar power, you're getting more solar out of it than you were five years ago. So, so there's more money being spent and you're getting more energy for every pound that you spent because everything's getting more efficient. So like you would expect if you you would expect that the amount would not be going up because you don't have to spend so much to get the same. So the fact that it is going up means that not only are we spend we're getting much more renewable energy than we were getting before. Yeah. Yeah. It's dub- it's doubly good. Right. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Because one of the things I've heard a lot about the oil price is people going, oh, it's going to really ruin renewable energy because suddenly oil is cheap. Um, And actually, uh, that's probably not true for a load of reasons, eh? not least because mostly the oil price is a thing to do with transport, not to do with sort of electricity generation. But it also, you know, renewable energy has got to the point now where it's doing really well. Thank you very much. It's a good thing to invest in. Every year it's getting better. And investors are looking at it, it looks to me, and they're, and they're saying this is a safe bet for the future. You know, this is some, this is the right way to bung me cash and this is the way it's going gonna, it's gonna to go. I like that. That's good. That's a good reason to be good. cheerful. So there are some reasons that I saw that uh, to do with this that are a bit less cheery. Sorry. But oh, 
Well, so like you. That is so like I'm sorry. Well, because that's a global figure that you said there. And actually, if you look, if you break it down a bit, it doesn't look so hot a bit closer to home, does it? So um, the amount of investment in this country is not going up anywhere near as fast as you'd like to see. The EU is in a right old state in general, as everyone knows, um, with the economy. Um, so mostly this is this is places like China and South Africa and places like that really going for it, isn't it? It's not, it's not a great news story everywhere. That is true. Yeah. That is true. And it's, I mean, it's also a good reason to, um, for politicians in this country to sit up and take notice and say, well, do we want to be lagging behind in this in this mm. inevitable kind of global race? If you're like, oh, no, I can't say that. I'm not using that phrase. But you know what I mean? Everyone, everyone in the world is starting to realise that renewables are the, are the things to be to be doing. Yeah. And while the UK a few years ago was well up for it, it's now going, we're not going to do any more. I think we should um, have a klaxon that plays every time one of us uses an awful sustainable phrase and you just use the global <laughs> race. And for that, you deserve a sustainable klaxon of the week. <laughs> I can only apologise. So that's just about it for this week, but right. we want to have a little look in our crystal balls, see what's going to happen next week. All right, our crystal balls are out. Very nice. Uh, there's going to be a nasty, nasty bit of legislation from the government. It's been <laughs> brewing for a while, and now it's coming, it's fermenting, it, it's out, it's ready to be caught. What is it? Uh, it's going to have some fracking in it, it's going to have a moral duty to fry us all, I think that's right, Dave? Uh, that's exactly right yeah get all the oil and gas and burn it otherwise you're being immoral yeah i'm slightly paraphrasing but that's my understanding of what's in it yeah and there'll be some road stuff and all all of the stuff that you know environmentalists have a little bit of a problem with for quite good reasons so So that'll that'll happen and is it gonna is it gonna become law this 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 proposal almost almost it's it's the chance the last chance that uh parliamentarians get to vote on it um it looks likely they'll vote for all the bad stuff and then it's just some formalities until it becomes law. So your prediction is this law, uh, MPs are going to vote for this horrible law, basically. That's what you're yeah. right. and the world's going to get a little bit sadder as a result. Yeah, I'll be sad. So I'm sure we can talk about that next week. Um, my cat's trying to talk about it now. You can probably hear my cat in the background squeaking on, which probably sounds like a good a time as any to wrap this one up. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we should say thank you to our lovely, lovely friend Dickie Moore, yeah. who's done the music for us. Thanks, Dickie. And if you want to get in touch, we've got an email address. It is, Dave. Uh, it's sustainababble at yahoo.com. One day we'll probably sort out something a wee bit slicker than that. We're also on Twitter at the Babble Wagon, where you can uh, be amongst the first people to follow us and tell us how much you loved or hated our podcast or anything in it, anything you want to know, anything you thought we got wrong, anything you'd love us to talk about in the future, or a good recipe for what to do with soggy fricassee crocodile. <laughs> We'd love you to get in touch. Um, So we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.